Hi everyone, this is Alana. I just want to make a quick note before you listen to the episode today. This show was a recording of a conversation that Rebecca and I had with Anna Laurent. We talk about allergial syndrome, our Odyssey, which is a network for young adults who have rare diseases and chronic illnesses, and navigating a young adulthood with a rare disease. Anna is a joy, and it was a really interesting conversation, but there's one big caveat. When we came home, we listened to the recording, and we had recorded live at the NIH um, that was full of marble and echoey things and people in high heels, Um, and the audio is not great. We're pretty new to this. We're learning as we go, uh, and we didn't realize how much background noise would be present or how hard it would be to edit it out. At the same time, we still really wanted to share this conversation that we had with Anna because we think she's incredible and the conversation was really fun. If you're sensitive to noise, we'd recommend skipping this and waiting for the next episode, which I promise will sound a little bit clearer. But if you're okay with a little a little buzziness, then keep listening. Anna's really cool. Hi, this is Alana. And this is Rebecca. And this is, wait, how do you spell that? A rare disease podcast by Patient Worthy. (laughs) Right now we're at the NIH. We are very excited to have a very special guest today. Would you mind introducing yourself? Yes. Um, My name is Anna Laurent. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a rare disease called allergial syndrome. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm the head of programs and initiatives at Our Odyssey. And I'm super excited to be here. I'm kind of a big fan of y'all. No big deal. (laughs) We're excited. (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit about uh, allergial syndrome? Yes. Did I mispronounce it? Yeah, it's okay. (laughs) Okay. I, I was like, it's not acceptable for me to have this sort of an attempt, or like memory. Um, <laughs> You're totally fine. Can you say it again? Yeah. Allergial syndrome. Allergial syndrome. Yeah, don't feel bad. It took me legitimately until like middle school to figure out how to pronounce it correctly. Mm-hmm. I just used like the acronym all growing up. Mm-hmm. And then people would be like, how do you say it? And I'm like, ALGS. <laughs> yeah, no, I actually, I feel like when recording this podcast, it's like I'll sort of think that I know about something and then it won't be until like it's already recorded, all the mics are tested, and then I'll be like, wait, I didn't think this far ahead to get past that because I'm always yeah. like just saying PKU. Yeah, um, makes you feel better. That's how I feel about my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so allergial syndrome is a very, very complex um, rare genetic disease. Um, it can affect all of the major organ systems with a wide range of severity. So for some patients, um, that means having um, multiple organ transplants at a very young age. Um, to some like me who ha- I haven't had many major procedures, um, knock on wood, as of right now, um, and kind of that severity in between as well. There's currently no cures or treatments. Um, we do have a clinical trial that's happening, um, but it's not a cure. It's more of just addressing one of the symptoms. Um, so for me, um, the way it impacts me on a daily basis is um, pruritus. I'm still learning how to say that one. Um, but it's a chronic itch. And so I describe that as feeling like you're covered head to toe in mosquito bites mm-hmm. 24-7. Oh, wow. um, it is so fun. Um, but that's what I deal with every day. Um, so like right now I'm talking to you that I had that sensation all over my body. Uh-huh. Um, and so... Um, Yeah, so many um, kiddos often get liver transplants, um, not because it's a 
long-term fix, but um, it's a fix to decrease the itching. Um, so it's kind of like a Band-Aid is how I describe it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so it's kind of like the severity varies so very much. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that's allergy syndrome. Thank you. I do remember um, you mentioning how, like, I mean, the itching, I can't even fathom, I mean, 24-7, yeah. um, and how just sort of disruptive that is. But I remember you specifically mentioning um, that that really also impacts quality of sleep. Yeah. You're just yeah. tired all the time. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, that's something that, like, a lot of people don't, and I, I never think, I'm still learning to, like, say that to people out loud, um, is that, so I even itch in my sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, which, like, it's normal, like, I'm not not I have never had a day at night when I don't do that um but it was extremely impactful and I'm really stressed out um because then I itch more um so like especially during college like during like finals and midterms um I would be so stressed out that I would be itching so much at night that I would wake up so physically exhausted even though I slept um and so like that was probably like the worst of the worst with my itching because mm-hmm. there was it was stressing me out but I was stressed out because I was itching which made me itch more and then I had mm-hmm. a job and then I had classes and then mm-hmm. I had like I was a leader um, for so many student organizations um, so like it's the itch is definitely something that I even I'm guilty of downplaying because I'm so used to it mm-hmm. but it's such a vicious cycle yeah mm-hmm. and the difference of course with um, this kind of itching versus mosquito bites or something is it's there's nothing you can do topically right no yeah well and it's, and it's also like I explain to people um, when I get comfortable around people I will itch in front of them um, but I explain that like even when I itch a part of my body it's not like it's a satisfying itch yeah like you know uh, yeah, yeah. Like, go away. yeah like I explain it to people as like you know when you're like as soon as you sit down and you're told like not to touch your nose like you have that really <laughs> yes. random sensation on your nose uh like it's like that but all over um except when you scratch your nose like it feels better mm-hmm. so like it never it feels better so are there any ways that anything that helps or is there just nothing um, so there's things that, so there are definitely things that make the itching worse. So it's more, <laughs> so it's more like avoiding those things, right? Saying that but it's the truth. So like, um, for a lot of us, heat makes it worse. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll notice if you ever, um, see where like our symposiums are for our disease, it's usually if it is in the South, then like group pictures are done in the morning or mm-hmm. at night because asking us to go out into the heat of the day to take a picture is like asking all of us to have like a complete itching fit like mm-hmm. as a group which like while that would be really bringing us together not the best idea um but yeah so heat makes it worse um when your skin is dry that makes it worse um so I'm always the friend that people come to and they need lotion they mm-hmm. always have lotion on me there's not a whole lot of things that make it better mm-hmm. um there, there's a clinical trial that that was happening or is still happening and that actually is for the itch um and so for some kiddos it works really really well um and so that's a hopeful thing that eventually that will come out to where um, people like myself could take it um, but I was too old to be in the trial fine mm-hmm. um, but hopefully eventually um, that will be something that will be available to all of um, the ALGS warriors out there how far into the trial are they? it's an yeah. excellent question <laughs> I I believe it's kind of at a standstill at the moment um, I know that some really amazing progress has been made um, and that. <laughs> this amazing progress has been made. I know that it has gone to the next step. 
And that has taken, I think, like two to three years of fighting to get it to that next step. Um, I should really know more about that, but I'm going to be honest. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. Mostly There's, because I don't know, like, it, you know, for me, for myself personally, like, the timeline for me to ever be able to yeah, take it is so right. far off. Yeah. yeah, that, like, I kind of just... Don't yeah, that makes day. sense, especially because there's so many updates where you're like, oh, yay, like, break news, and then you're sort of like, oh, wait, that's, like, an update of an update. Like, of an update, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you finally Google all of this language that they use, and then you're like, oh, sorry, so I was really excited, and I just found out that you used a lot of words to be like, and we're at the same place we were <laughs> last year. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. Could you tell us a little bit about what our Odyssey is? Yes, of course. Um, so our Odyssey is a um, very new but very thriving nonprofit. Um, we're focused on providing social and emotional support to young adults um, 17 to 35 impacted by rare and chronic disease. And so we do that through in-person meetups, so just literally bringing young adults together. And it's a very casual setting. It's at no cost to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of building that network of support for young adults. Um, and then actually next month we're launching virtual meetups um, for the first time. I'm so excited about it. Um, I'm actually getting to head that up, which will be really exciting. And so we're going to have four of those this year. Um, and it's going to be a really great way for people with rare and chronic illness who either can't get out and about to go to an in-person meetup or for them to... Um, you know, like we know that anxiety is a very um, huge part of um, for a lot of rare disease people. Um, they have social anxiety mm-hmm. and things of dealing with their symptoms while um, while interacting with people. And so, whether it's anxiety, whether it's a physical um, disability, any of those things, mm-hmm. our virtual meetups are going to really make it to where there really are no barriers, um, which is the ultimate goal. We know that being a young adult that's quote-unquote healthy is already hard enough because <laughs> adulthood is very difficult. But a rare disease or chronic illness, and it's, like, even more difficult mm-hmm. and difficult to navigate. And so um, we're doing things like that as well. Um, and then we also are partnered with a couple different organizations um, to really serve their specific young adult need. Um, but, yeah, I'm only really love it a lot it's fine (laughs) so another really great thing about our odyssey um, and I like to joke about with people is that we didn't want to create it like we did (laughs) Um, and I say that but I have to explain it Um, is that we you know we we we're not in competition with any other organization Um, uh, we truly um, just want to make sure that young adults have support Mm -hmm. and um, and that's kind of the beauty of it is that the reason that I'm on board and I'm uh, head of programs initiatives is not for the job title or not mm-hmm. for anything like that. It's because I want that support as a young mm-hmm. adult. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's, I tell people that I did, I would love to be like, I did this for all of the future young adults. <laughs> like, I'm this great person, but like, no, I'm selfish. I really want that support. You're like, this is personal. This is for me. <laughs> I would like it too. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that also is like part of the reason why we're, our mission is so, it connects with so many young adults is because we are young adults who mm-hmm. created yeah. it. That's yeah. That's going to make it better. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that, like, I know in times that I've been in young adult spaces, it's like, there's something that you can get from that that you can't get from anything else. Yes. Like, and especially when it's sort of, like, it's sort of, like, casual and, like, less of, um, like, sort of less formal than something Mm -hmm. that I feel like is orchestrated by adults. (laughs) Yes. That we're, like... 
because it's like sometimes I was at um, a young adult thing the other night and something that I really liked about it was that it was like we didn't all lead talking about medical experiences. No. It was like everyone was yeah. sort of became friends first but it was still a space where that wasn't it didn't feel like taboo or something. Right. Like, <laughs> well I think it's also one of those things where I joke all the time that I feel like young adults the fake it till you make it is mm-hmm. like a lifestyle when it comes especially when it comes to working with older adults mm-hmm. and I, I think that it's so funny when you get a group of young adults together you can instantly see them getting to stop faking it. Yeah, <laughs> and like it's like you just like you see everybody like all right I can be the hot mess express that I am and it's okay because everyone else is too and there's something mm-hmm. so freeing about that yeah. yeah like okay to relate to each other in that way in that space yeah mm-hmm. or to just like admit like yeah I ate three to three day old pizza last week yeah because, yeah like paying rent and for medical bills yeah. and for medication is hard <laughs> like, especially I think like you know transitioning from. Uh, a time where you're not considered an adult to transitioning when you to when you are an adult yeah. and you are really in like the medical system mm-hmm. like there is this huge transition that has to like not just the transition of going into adulthood but of like changing doctors of being yes. not no longer eligible for one thing and um like yeah. or getting off your parents insurance yeah which I'm riding that baby out for yeah. as long as possible but that's a huge thing is like there are so many young adults that that's kind of their logic too. Is I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with my parents' insurance for as long as possible. But then, which is a great plan. Mm-hmm. But then, as soon as you have to get off of it, it is terrifying and overwhelming. Yeah, which is scary for everything, and especially which is scared for everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really, though, it's so scary. Yeah. But I think also like just and then with like relationships and things like that. Like I uh-huh. think, um, which relationships are a whole other conversation yeah. amongst again quote unquote healthy young adults. Pro and you know, mm-hmm. rare disease or chronic illness, and, like, you can talk about how important it is to communicate all you want, self-esteem and insecurities and all of those things, but, like, you throw in rare disease, and, like, there's such a vulnerability there, yeah. um, and there's, like, physical intimacy and all of yeah. these things that, like, older adults don't want to talk about, which yeah. is, like, okay, but... Or, like, maybe they do, but maybe they approach it in a slightly different way. Yes, exactly. Or they don't understand. Or they've already been married for 40 years and they're just not remembering maybe that place of like, when do I discuss this? How do I discuss this? How Mm -hmm. will people react? Like, Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, Like, I know even just with friendships, like, explaining like, as I've become more active in, in the mm-hmm. rare disease community as a whole I didn't realize how many of my friends I hadn't really told that I'd never been given mm-hmm. a prognosis and I'd never told a lot of my friends that that fact just mm-hmm. because I mean there's no need to tell people about like that fact outside the rare disease community in my opinion like I don't mm-hmm. know how long I'm gonna live like what's anyone gonna do with that information and so then like I was on a podcast and mm-hmm. I said it and I remember one of my friends like flipped out mm-hmm. and I felt so bad which like we're good bye that's basically what I told her um but I think that's also part of it too is like as you become an adult like it's not just romantic relationships it's friendships yeah. it's co-workers it's your boss like there's mm-hmm. so many more things that you have to navigate and handle that's a really good uh, a good point do you think that you have uh any specific advice you would give to a young adult Combating isolation and like not really yeah. knowing where to go, or you're just gonna just gonna plug the website. Just be like, go to our Odyssey. Oh, you're talking about. We're on all social media platforms. It's fine. Um, <laughs> Let them know. Yeah, no, but I mean, but I do think that's a huge part of it too, though. I mean, because we spend so much of our lives on social media, and we do get that connection. Like, I'm in Western Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, the other co-founder, Seth, is in Boston. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, 
when I say that I needed our Odyssey, like, I mean that. Like, there's not a lot mm-hmm. of active young adults where I'm at. And so I think that's the huge part is finding your community online, finding your community, um, and like, finding your community online, getting really comfortable with that. And then I feel like after that, it's so much easier to then to have the courage and the yeah. empowerment to then go yeah. find it where in your city or where you're at. Just look for our Odyssey. And our Odyssey is a very odd word to spell, but it's O-D-Y-S-S-E-Y. Mm-hmm. I now know how to spell it super well like a pro. Um, but I do think that's a huge step is just, like, don't minimize social media. Um, mm-hmm. It's a really great place to connect. Um, and I think it also plays a huge part with our Odyssey because we're not just wanting you to use our Odyssey. We want you to use us, make those connections, and we hope you don't need us eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but as long as it's needed, like, we're going to be around to help young adults connect with each other because it's so important yeah and and like you said also it's it's not that you're trying to fill a gap but not take the place of anything else it's like join our odyssey and also join the younger groups and find your disease specific things and also like whatever you need you know utilize all the resources that you can that are out there Mm -hmm. um and also we talked to somebody a few days ago at rare disease week who was mentioning um, kind of like what you're talking about bringing things up with friends and like sort of feeling empowered to discuss things um, with other people he was like yeah there's not often a really good segue to just bring yeah. that up you know <laughs> no, like, there's not <laughs> yeah so in that space it would be it would make it more normal to just right. be like yeah, yeah I can launch into my medical details <laughs> right well I think it's really funny too because uh, a lot of my friends um, they really don't know like a whole mm-hmm. lot about the condition partially is because I don't let them google it because <laughs> they think I'm gonna like kill over any minute um, yeah. they're not that lucky I'm around to annoy them for a long time but um, but I do think that that's the whole thing is like how do you yeah. have those conversations yeah. and I think a big part of it is talking to other people who have herb diseases but don't know about your herb disease um, mm-hmm. it's just a great way to like learn how to communicate about it mm-hmm. um, get out the weird kinks with them because they've been through it yeah <laughs> no because like, when you're talking about like bringing it up with relationships and it's like we could do a whole podcast on rare disease and relationships oh my gosh. You know, there's so many different like yes. like not just a whole podcast episode like like it's such a because there's so many different like stages of a relationship too. Oh, yeah. Where sort of like telling someone initially is different than talking to someone when you're about to move in with them. Right. You know? Or like I mean, especially like me and Seth have talked so often about how we're very public um, with our disease on our social media. Like if you Google Seth's name, like you find him instantly yeah. and you find his name connected with Huntington's disease. Um, and so like he like he has talked so many times about how when he like goes on a date or something, like he has to wonder if they've Googled him. Or so that's such a thing now. Yeah. Before you go on a date with somebody. You Google them. Yeah, you look yeah. them up. And, like, it's the, and it's, I think it's that one thing where it's like that balance of, okay, I don't care because if they don't like this, right, then like they don't need to be with me. But at the same time, it's like, but I want them to see me for myself. Yeah. And like appreciate the passion that I have for the work that I do, not that I'm this sick chick who like can't do it like that's mm-hmm. you know yeah. um but yes it's it's a whole thing relationships <laughs> it's a whole thing yeah. <laughs> I do think it's that is interesting that you guys are kind of very public about things mm-hmm. um and I can see it going both ways of 
you know, maybe there's less anxiety because it's just already all out there. You yeah. can take it or leave it. It's it's just there. You don't have to have this big, like, build up to a conversation per se. But then also it does take away that choice of when do I let someone know? Maybe yeah. I don't want to let them know right away. Yeah. Have a see the separate part of, like, your identity. and Yeah. And that's a great point. And it's, it's something that I bring up a lot, especially with parents mm-hmm. of younger kids with my disease. Um, there's a lot of times I have parents who say to me, oh, I, I, I really hope that my child, like, becomes the advocate that you are. And I finally found the words, like, last year to say, but I don't want your son to have to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm doing this work so he doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. And, like, I hope that when he gets older, it's a choice for him, right? Like, yeah. that he gets to choose if someone knows about his disease because he already got the cure. You can't even tell. With, like, things like that, like, I just... <laughs> you all can't just see, so but Rebecca... I'm moving back to y'all. No, but I think that's such a good point, though. Is, and I think also with young adults, too, is making it clear that you can come to the, an our Odyssey meetup and not tell anyone outside of that group. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Um, I mean, I can't sit here and tell you that I was open like this all the time. You can ask people from my high school. They knew I had something and that was it. Mm-hmm. Like, I am very... I, can, I have an invisible illness. You can't tell when you look at me. Mm-hmm. And so I took full advantage of that. And I think it's also one of those things where you don't have to say things if you don't want to. Like, it doesn't make you less of anything just because you don't share openly. Yeah. We were looking at each other because we did a, an earlier uh, episode where we were talking about how, obviously, you know, we are a media platform. We encourage people to share their stories. And we feel like there's a lot of power in that. And it mm-hmm. can do so much good and create change and all this but also how we very much believe that people shouldn't feel obligated yes. to share or ashamed if they don't share and that it's like a really personal yeah. decision and there's so much and nuance also, like, you can feel like it's like you're comfortable sharing in one environment but not another yeah. and just because you're okay with that setting it like doesn't like mean yeah. that you want to talk about it on your first date or you want all of your classmates to know about yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. Or like, I mean, because even with mine, because again, mine is so public. Like mm-hmm. my, I know my boss, um, who I work for now, she Googled me. Like she looked at all my social media. Mm-hmm. Now, luckily it's part of the reason why I got my job <laughs> because she loved how, um, how I utilize social media to like raise awareness and things like that. Um, but like it could have very easily been the opposite where mm-hmm. she Googled it and was like, uh, that's a negative. Mm-hmm. I'd like moved right along. Yeah. And it's like, that's also something else to keep in mind with young adults is like, we have to think about our careers. We have to think mm-hmm. about the future. Um, and so that's also can stop us from, from sharing. That's okay too. It's like mm-hmm. your comfort level for yeah. sure. Right. 100%. And we also have the option of people can share their stories like anonymously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of like um, getting it out there, but not because that is a lot. I mean, everything's mm-hmm. so connected. Yeah. yeah, today. And it's something that I like, I so appreciate though is that you all let that be like that be anonymous because a lot of places don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, like they want to have a name, they want to have a picture, they, which yes, it's very powerful. Mm-hmm. But like also like you have to respect the storyteller yeah. and their yeah. privacy in their life yeah. as well. All right. Do you have any um, <laughs> any last like words of wisdom for anybody listening? Oh, gosh. And also, (laughs) what are the social media handles? I usually ask those two questions at the same time because usually someone wants to answer it in one order or the other. So ready for the handles. Okay. Um, You uh, also don't have to come up with words of wisdom. No, it's a challenge. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, I could just, like, take a clip from the middle and just, like, superimpose it at the end. Stab. You should tell my siblings that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so our our social media handles are underscore um, our odyssey and then underscore 
for. That's on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's our handle and everything, but I'm going to double check that because I'm going to kick myself later if that is wrong. <laughs> um, but, oh gosh, words of wisdom. Hey, I was right. That is our, that is our, uh, our, wow. Handle. Our handle. There we go. No, it's been a long week. Um, our, yeah, that's our handle and everything is underscore our odyssey underscore. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the things. So go follow them, guys. Check them out. Yes, we're okay. so fun. Um, I think kind of my biggest words of wisdom is always embracing your story um, and realizing the power in it. I think it can be really, really intimidating to enter the rare disease community, to enter any community um, with researchers and doctors and people who are so much smarter than I am um, and to come in and try to have confidence and I think realizing that no one can argue with your story is so powerful it's honestly the reason why I am still active because um, there are a lot of times that I get so overwhelmed not knowing things uh, but at the same time it's like but I know my story and no one can take that away from me or argue with it and I think finding power in that is so important yeah Experts in your own personal experience. Exactly. Which, for rare diseases, you probably knew more than a lot of doctors. You're yeah. not wrong. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much. Yes, we really appreciate having you as a guest. Yes, thank you all. This was so much fun. Oh, yes. <laughs>